used to do surgery on girls in the 80s. But gravity always wins. What's in your shit? What's in your shit? Pictures and treasures and the books of me with. What's in your shit? What's in your shit? Genuinely, I think it's fascinating kind of listening to people's stories. It's so intimate and personal, and I think, you know, getting those little insights into people's lives and, and you know, their their memories around things, items and, and music and films and, and all the things that you've discussed. I think, I think it's, yeah, it, it's very special. Thanks, man. That's right, dude. <laughs> I felt a, a little on my own at times because of lockdown where can't meet up with a group of mates and yeah. download and talk about what you've been doing and I know it's been good because I've enjoyed it and I think that for me is really important not to sound selfish but I've loved the enjoyment and the fun that it's been yeah. for me and obviously I hope people like it too and that's an added bonus when people do say yeah, by the way, that's that's really good. <laughs> I enjoy listening to that. And it's a, it's a real boost. And I've just had such wonderful evenings with guests where we can talk and create together. Yeah. I, I, I love, I, you know, because obviously I, I've known you for quite a few years now. So when whenever you're kind of doing these kind of shows because I know <laughs> I can picture the setting in which it's happening and like the ambience <laughs> of the kind of the, the you know the recording when it's going on I've always been slightly envious of, uh, of of those moments they're great they're just so good they're really cool oh that's good to know It's a bit of a, a leap into the dark and yeah. a lot of it has just happened and I've gone with the flow and well this is this is what it is we spoke I remember speaking to you about it when when it all started because we, we had a conversation we were like going for walks and so when, when did it start was it was it lockdown had started hadn't it yeah it was the first episode was the 27th of April 2020 right yeah so we would we would have been locked down for a good month or so by that point when it all kind of kicked when you started kind of doing this. Yeah. And I remember going for a walk with you and we talked about it and you were a bit nervous about putting yourself out there, weren't you? I think so. And at one point I shut it all down. I had three episodes. I had a Twitter account at the time yeah. and Instagram. And I was sitting in the shed, I just recorded the episode I think it was about my Arnold Schwarzenegger book yeah and that was really personal and I, ha I had this sudden feeling that I didn't want to do this I I felt scared it's almost like before you get married I don't know if this happens with everyone <laughs> you, you, you get you get a fright you know before you get engaged or commit to someone and then you suddenly go oh what what am I doing and you might have a quick breakup and then come back but I had this relationship with this podcast where I sat on that sofa you're sitting on now and I had the computer on my lap laptop computer 
<laughs> and I figured out how to shut it all down. It was a bit of a mission trying to work out how to cancel Instagram completely. Yeah. They don't make it easy. No, and, they don't. And Once Twitter. they got you, they keep you. And then I took the podcast off Anchor, which is the platform that I used. Yeah. Which then cancels all the platforms it feeds, so Apple, Spotify, and it takes a couple of days for those to all like yeah. quit. Once that's done, then you've got nothing. Well, I had nothing. It was all gone. I had all the recordings saved on hard drive and so on. And then I assessed how I wanted to do it. And I realized that I, I need to do this as if I was sitting down painting a picture just for myself yeah. and really enjoy it and not worry about that noise around it, that yeah. the podcast, the Instagram and all that. And then I like hooked it back up and started up a new account and all of that and it was good but I'm nervous every time I'm nervous right now don't be nervous because this is a really special episode and when I asked you what album you wanted to do you said you you named three albums and Radiohead the Benz was yeah. one of them and yeah. I thought how can we not talk about the Benz when <coughs> we live in Oxford wow that was it yeah it was it was uh it was the Oxford connection, I guess. And I, we've had this conversation before as well, like, you know, living in Oxford, everyone's got a Tom York story. <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, wait, you're gonna hear mine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but like, but, but I think we've said this before to each other. It's like, you know, everyone's got that moment where like, cause he's, cause he's kind of, I think he's still relatively local. Um, but yeah, no, I remember like, yeah, the, I didn't really, um, I'm not gonna lie, like Creep and Pablo Honey, I kind of remembered. Like, I remember my brother, I think I may have told you this as well. Like, I remember my brother taking me, um, I was like, it would have been what, 13 probably when, pa when Pablo Honey and Creep came out. And I remember my brother getting some beers for me and taking me to a house party and, he, and on the way he was like, like yeah remember this song at the end of the night when you're by yourself like and he played creep by radiohead and i was like oh thanks thanks mate yeah. <laughs> but i'm a creep Yeah, I remember when the Benz came out, just absolutely blew my mind. I thought it was an amazing album, and and it's an album that I've always gone back to, mm. like you know, over the years. And it's still, I still love it just as much every time I listen to it. It's the first time I listen to it. Yeah, I feel so honoured to be able to talk about <coughs> Radiohead, the Benz. I almost feel. Like, am I worthy? Are we worthy to talk yeah. about it? <laughs> and how much preparation can you do, Chris? I've been preparing really hard. Have you? And I've thrown it all out. Do you know why? Why? Because my preparation was about going online, looking up the bins, when was it released, 95, what happened then, blah, 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 all the technical stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's nice to talk about that, and I, I really would love to mentioned some of the information I found out about the cover, the artwork yeah. and, and so on. But then I thought, 
Yeah, anyone can do that. Anyone can go online and look up the facts. And what I was hoping we had capture is the feeling and how how we see the album. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. not going into the feeling of the minutia of it. It's it's the the feeling, the personal resonance with it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not sure if Tom York or Colin or Ed or Phil. These are the band members. Band members yeah. I've got them on first name basis. Yeah, I was going to say, like, first name terms. It's great. <laughs> How they would feel about hearing the technical stuff played back to them. And I'm... Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I, to be honest, like, you know, I'm I'm not, um, I wouldn't begin to kind of sit there and go, oh, I love the production on that song. Like, I love what, uh, I love what, um, you know, Tom York did with, with the piano on there or stuff. I don't, I'm not. I just know how it made me feel. I think that's the thing with with the album. Like, you know when, you know when you listen to an album and you know it's good. And I think like a lot of people have said this before. You listen to an album, you know it's good when you listen to it all the way through, and then you play it again. Mm. And it's like it. It was one of those moments, and it's really funny though because I I I hung out with loads of people who um that whole pop thing was kind of going on I guess and <clears throat> had mates who were well into Oasis and I was probably a bit of an outsider in my little group of friends by liking Radiohead they were a bit different to kind of mm. the Oasis and Verve and all of that kind of thing that was going on and um, yeah it was they're, they're a great band and they're the band that I've gone on to see more than any other band you know I've seen them quite a few times and um yeah, I, I, it was that that album and that connection with them was just great. It was such a good album. I think we've been at the same gigs before. I think we probably have. Where did you see? Them? You saw them at South Park. Right? Yeah. Which uh, <clears throat> which anyone who who went to that gig will remember was it Beck did like an, an acoustic set and yeah. then there was Supergrass and it it absolutely fucking pissed with rain. Well, like, as as he started singing Creep. Yeah. And he got the lyrics wrong to creep as well. Yeah. And do you know what? Every time I've ever seen, um, every time I've ever seen Radiohead perform, uh, was it Creep that he got the lyrics wrong to? Was what? There's a song. Every time I've seen Radiohead perform, Tom York has got the lyrics to the same song wrong, and I can't remember whether it was Creep or if it was, uh, or if it probably would be Creep actually, because he wouldn't have played that then later on. So yeah. Yeah, it's one of the songs they chose not to play at live for a while they hate it don't they yeah and that's <laughs> i think it's because pablo honey came out in i think it was about 93 yeah and it was their grunge album creep yeah. was a massive grunge <clears throat> and it propelled them into kind of this place that they never thought they would end up where yeah. suddenly everyone knew radiohead it was getting airplay in the United States because they had they've got loads of rock radio stations and they were playing this yeah. along with Stone Temple Pilots, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, all that REM. They were all doing their whole grunge thing. I mean, R REM transcended that. REM's gone on, but they were never really grunge. That's another story altogether. <laughs> um, and the Benz, everyone was expecting them to do another grunge album and it certainly got elements of that guitar rock mm. remember these are all my views so people who are listening may think oh like, I don't know but this is <laughs> this is how I feel doesn't know, he doesn't know Radiohead like I know Radiohead and, Radio and Ben's was the first time they stepped 
into a different place that no one else was working on and they started introducing a bit of electronica yeah um their artwork changed dramatically stanley donwood designed their cover for the bends and i've got the the vinyl copy here so it's a lovely big it's a great picture <coughs> it's great artwork on the front <coughs> it's great it's a good size to see the picture and on the cover is a one of those recess annie dummies you know that they use to teach you how uh, to yeah, resuscitate for the, for the, uh chest chest uh, compressions and all that sort of thing and I mean, i'm just looking at the i'm looking at the album playlist i mean i was funnily enough i listened to this on the way walking down here from my house um and it's just such a good album like i love <coughs> i do love the bends i love hydro fake plastic trees i mean this is the song for, for, for anyone listening in at the moment i guess uh I'm, I'm happy to share that warren and i sent each other voice messages singing fake plastic trees earlier to each other it was um it was a beautiful moment i'm looking up the lyrics now we could probably do a rendition of it oh and I've sung this on a Cuts episode before. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, I'll, so it wasn't your first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I actually, oh, I sang it, was it an episode that we did on the film Alien? Cuts is Cinema Under the Stairs, and that's a an independent cinema that we have in Oxford yeah. where we move around and do... Where you make the finest hot dogs and uh, popcorn in, in Oxford. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just going to grab a beer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry, sorry. I don't mean to. Well, it, it gives me a chance to, to look at the lyrics. Look how this album draws you in. It draws you in, and when you listen to the whole thing, you can't distinguish, or I can't, I'm, I'm not speaking on behalf of everyone else, but I can't distinguish between the tracks. It's it's such a lovely, <coughs> awesome feeling. It's like looking at a beautiful painting and taking it all in. It's, uh, yeah, it's a great album. I love, it's kind of a weird one for me. It's kind of, um, it does take me back to quite a lot of, Moments. It's going to sound it's sound like a cliche, but it does take me back to a lot of moments in my life. You know, came out when I was fifteen. That album's been with me for like longer than a lot of people I know. <coughs> it's know. the formative years. It's the yeah. I mean, all the years are formative. I think you wouldn't you wouldn't want to take it away from nine. <laughs> yeah, I, guess, or I guess everything you do makes <laughs> it's you formative. <coughs> But it is, it's a <coughs> crucial point where you start getting interested in, in music and going to watch <coughs> live gigs. And yeah. for, for me, Radiohead was such an important part of my life because I arrived in England in 1997 and the Benz came out in 95. Yeah. And I had listened to it in South Africa and I knew they were from Oxford and I couldn't believe I was coming to Oxford where this band oh, cool, were cool. from. And two years after the Benz, it was wow. And then they released OK Computer, and I couldn't believe it. I was following this band that was going into another realm. Yeah. They were fully exploding into something that I've never seen before. Because I've always loved grunge music and Soundgarden, Nirvana, I mean, all sorts. Metallica, they're not grunge, but rock. And You're a big Pearl Jam man, aren't you? Big Pearl Jam fan. <coughs> Nick Cave, like you name it, like I love lots of music, and this 
was was veering in another direction. It had an yeah. eeriness about it. It had an experimental feel. The sounds were so unique, and I know they experiment with different sounds. And there's a lot of uh, cool. I mean, I think I think uh, there's a lot of stuff that they do with guitar on it, which is, I think. I mean, again, I'm not a aficionado, but that there's a lot of sounds that they make with the guitar on it. That's just I I hadn't heard on anything before like I hadn't heard that on anything else before um, and I'm not saying I've got like the widest um, you know I'm sure there's some musos out there going no I actually think you're fine Chris uh, <laughs> if you go back to uh, the 1965 yeah you know there'll be, there'll be somebody out there correcting me but like I hadn't heard it before it was really different and actually just thinking about what you're saying I think for me at my, my so I grew up around music like I liked I had two older brothers um, got really into Prince you know big Prince fan. yeah, yeah. Uh, and Prince was kind of an adopted love from my older brother Matt um, and my brother Craig was really into like drum and bass and dance music and that sort of thing which I liked but not as much as kind of band music um, but Radiohead for me, I'd, I'd heard music and I'd adopted stuff from other people, but for me it was the first band that I felt that I'd actually found for myself. Oh, that's lovely. You know, they, when I, <clears throat> I remember when the Benz came out, I remember buying it on CD and I actually listened to it around a friend's house at the time. And he was like, it's all right. I was like, this, this is fucking amazing. This is a great album. You know. Um, and yeah, for me, I think that's why this album has remained so special because it's probably the first album that I bought for myself based on me choosing a piece of music that I wanted to choose rather than something that I thought I should like because I liked it because someone else liked it. Yeah, that's very good. You know, um, and yeah, that's why. So yeah, when you said, like, when I said I was going to be a bench, you're like, yes. Uh, you've nailed it, yeah. it. I remember walking down Cowley Road with my discman headphones in yeah. and listening to the bends after For those okay younger listeners it's uh, that's a cd player that's kind of <laughs> that you walk around with it had an anti anti jog anti jog or... but it was shit it <laughs> never worked <laughs> never worked <laughs> and and to hear radiohead in in the city that they've come from and they did their their first or early gigs in for example the Jericho Tavern which has some lovely murals on the wall upstairs yeah. of Radiohead and Supergrass the Oxford bands who've done gigs there and I believe their art is shaped by the place and the time they were in the, the early 90s and it continues to be shaped by the era we're in and it was just so special hearing it in the city that I love so much mm. and that I've been adopted by in a way and it's it's welcomed me in and Radiohead reminds me of just the talent and the 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 beauty and the art and all of that that comes from this city and yeah. this country and I think it's really special and the fact that I've seen Tom York and his bandmates on a number of occasions. <laughs> he, has, he has that moment we've been waiting for. <coughs> Here's your Tom York story, ladies and gentlemen. Do you mind if I tell you, Chris? I'm, I'm sure I've repeated the these, and I'm pro I've probably repeated them on earlier episodes. I've mentioned Tom York before, and I've said I would like to interview him, but I've changed my mind. I don't want to. You don't want to. They say never meet your heroes. But... Yeah. I want him to, to come to me 
But who knows? Oh, really? Wow, okay. That's, I always sound arrogant. Wow. Like, not going to lie, that's that's quite a bold kind of statement. Like, I don't want to say it in know, like an arrogant yeah, kind of way, but it would, yeah. wouldn't oh, it be... Oh, oh, please tell me if he comes to me. Yeah. Wouldn't it be lovely if we met by chance <laughs> and we had a chat? Say I was in Waitrose or something. I know he shops in Waitrose on Abingdon Road. Salvador was seen in there a couple of times. And at, if we at, could... What, sorry, Botley Road or Abingdon Road? Oh, so did I say Abingdon or Botley Road? There's oh, man, that, really? Yeah, yeah, he's been in Waitrose there, but, but my stories anyway. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So actually saying I don't want to interview him, I'd love to interview him anytime. But I love interviewing my friends and people that I have that close yeah. connection with. But if you're listening, Tom, <laughs> going back to the the first meeting i can't remember the exact order i saw him for the first time in cafe coco on cowley road yeah and he was sitting having dinner with bjork <laughs> wow isn't that mad that's crazy isn't that mad like bjork is incredible i'm sure most people who are listening would would know who bjork is yeah yeah and was she no she wasn't at that South Park gig it was Sigur Ross. so that's a kind of like Icelandic vibe Tom York's great friends with with Bjork and they were sitting in a booth and I couldn't believe it I was there with a second cousin who was visiting from New Zealand I, I hadn't met her <laughs> and this was the first time I met her her dad yeah, got in touch and I said I know a cool spot let's go to the bar at Cafe Coco and we saw Tom York and Bjork and she thought this was yeah, the most she, incredible she must thing have thought ever. you're like the coolest guy <laughs> she's like wow I went to England I met my cousin it was amazing and then I went up to the toilet I, I promise you I didn't follow him up right? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't like a weird like where's this story going at the back of Congress <clears throat> there's the staircase quite a broad staircase that goes up to the first floor and the toilets are up there in the office I know the offices are there because I used to work at Cafe Coco I actually dropped a whole case of bottled water big 750 mil blue lovely blue bottles down from the top step all the way down <laughs> they all smashed all at the bottom it looked great though the blue glass and Just water everywhere yeah and I went into the toilet and there's two urinals and I went to the one that was free and I looked to my side and Tom York was taking a pee next to me. I didn't look down. I was, that was that was literally <laughs> what I was about to ask. Did you check out Tom York's penis? <laughs> I did um, not. I froze. Were you tempted? I can't tell were you, you what you, I was you, thinking. Was your brain going, don't look down? Don't I look must down. have. I mean, I must <laughs> have wanted to have a quick look, but I didn't. Did you and say? Did I you said, say I, you know, he was. They're very close together. I know. Quite I know, awkward. I, I know. I know the urinals you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's, it's not that comfortable peeing there. I'm sure they've changed it now with the times where you, you need your space, maybe a partition or something. But it was right next to him, and I looked across, and he looked across at the same time, and I went, "All right," and he kind of nodded, and that was the first time I met him, and I've met him subsequently. Well, I, I wouldn't say that's a meeting. We didn't shake hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you mind if I don't shake hands? He was like, oh, God, who the hell is this? Yeah. And there was another occasion. Did he look down? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was starstruck. It was a moment where I, I was in the presence of this genius, musical genius. Yeah. And 
the the second time was I went into Oxfam on Broad Street and he was in there and I saw him he was looking at a cabinet where they keep watches and cameras all the mm. stuff that's a little bit more valuable and I thought, oh no I can't believe it I can't, I've seen him and I went up to the counter and I asked the shopkeeper or cashier if I could have a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen and he was like oh I don't, I don't have it I don't have anything and I said oh can I take one of these leaflets and I took a leaflet an Oxfam leaflet off the counter and he gave me a pen actually and I went up to Tom and I said I'm really sorry I, 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 I didn't really want to do this but you know would you mind and I showed him the leaflet and the pen and he took it and he put it up against the glass and he signed it and he's got a lovely signature with this this concentric circle squiggle for the O oh, T-H-O nice. and the O goes and then the M and I said I'm really sorry I'm really sorry and he didn't say anything he, he kind of mumbled and I don't know what he said I was so <laughs> in, in some kind of weird zone <laughs> was it stop following me was it the next day <laughs> was this the day after you'd met him in the urinal <laughs> and actually I, I, I saw Colin Greenwood the bass player he is the bass player, right? His brother is Johnny, who plays... Johnny's lead, isn't he? Lead. Oh, Ed O'Brien is lead. I think Johnny does... Oh, do I, he does the, the keyboard and the guitar as well. I, yeah, because I thought it wasn't him that did the whole kind of thrashing on Creep. Mm. And his hair hangs down. Because isn't the story about that that he hated the song so much that he did that because he kind of doesn't didn't like it. And it was like a protest thing. Sounds like Machine Gun And they were like... Yeah. We really like it. Let's keep that. Oh wow! Okay. I don't know if I've just made that up. By the way, like, please don't. Yeah, don't. I, I like Google that story. it before you repeat it. I like that story. <laughs> you like that story? Yeah, I like it first because I like that sound. <laughs> and it's like a, a machine gun going off with the guitar. Amazing. And I saw Colin in Waitrose in Abingdon, not Abingdon Road, the town called oh, Abingdon. I'm, I'm seeing the Waitrose issues. Yeah, yeah. And he was looking at a Rolling Stone magazine or can you name some of the other music magazines uh, Time Out uh, no not Time Out sorry Mojo uh, Enemy Enemy it could have been Enemy been Enemy um, this is where Q yes uh, I, this is where I'm showing my lack of knowledge for music publications Q have a great top 100 albums top 100 songs I love the Q top 100 albums yeah very good the Benz is always in the top 5 at least <laughs> I've always been a bit of an NME man um, what other music publications are there I mean I'm sure there's more niche stuff yeah for like if you're into your, your metal and you'd have to go to WH Smith the news agent to look at the full oh, the range town on Core Market Street yeah they've, they've got, got an extensive collection of magazines yeah yeah. I could go spend a lot of time in there looking at magazines yeah the musical ones especially and they go into jazz rock metal and I think the ones Mojo Enemy are more mainstream cover a wider area Kerrang would be Kerrang metal. more of a metal uh, yeah so Colin was looking at one of those music magazines that had his face on the front. Hey, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I saw him and I thought, oh, my. I didn't want to disturb him. And that's when I saw him. And I've seen Tom driving around in his Mini. I was crossing the road once and he 
slowed down with traffic and I, I cut <coughs> between the cars and I looked to my side and if it was left or right I'm turning in my seat now uh, yeah. I was actually heading into town in Friedswald Square opposite the hotel the oh, Royal, the Oxford, Oxford, Royal Oxford yeah. which isn't very royal it doesn't look very royal <laughs> I'm not going to lie but they call it the Royal Oxford I'm sure it's lovely well yeah I've never stayed there it's probably not as bad as the Eastgate Hotel not the Eastgate what's the one just before the railway station on the right the Westgate <laughs> opposite the hostel and the kebab shop anyway I was crossing the road going there's a big roundabout there now at the top right near the Royal Oxford and I was crossing through there between cars and I looked to my right and I saw him in there and I, I, I kind of just nodded and he nodded back. <laughs> Is he thinking to himself, God, this guy. Crazy. I wanted to go back quickly to the album cover and I was saying that he, this is a Resus Annie, yeah. which is those dolls that they use to learn how to do first aid and resuscitation yeah and stanley donwood is that right i hope it's right yeah stanley donwood came on board and started designing their stuff creating that radiohead aesthetic is that yeah. the correct word where you could see the, where they were going and an okay computers album cover comes after and he worked on all the albums from the bends and they went into a hospital I think, where they want to do take photos of iron lungs. What are iron lungs? Uh, iron lungs are, aren't they for people who have, um, I want to say, I want to say, polio, not polio. Is an iron lung... Something that helps you breathe, isn't it? Yeah. Is it a life support kind of machine? <laughs> yeah. But is it for people who've got the bends? Is it for people who have decompression sickness? Oh, I don't know. Because isn't an iron lung what you get put into? Is it wrong for me to Google stuff during Please the podcast? Please do. Usually we would have a specialised work person, colleague <laughs> with us what? to look oh. at that. Yeah, yeah. Where's, where's, your, where's your assistant? What does Joe Rogan call it? Where he's got a guy with him who looks up Oh, he's his fact checker? Yeah. An iron lung, also known as a tank ventilator or a drinker tank, is a type of negative pressure ventilator. Uh, it's a mechanical respirator which encloses most of a person's body and varies the air pressure in the enclosed space to stimulate breathing. So I think iron lungs are, I think they are, yeah, so people who have polio, I'm not quite sure what polio is. I didn't think I was going to be kind of going into medical facts with you this evening. But, but I know it's, the bends is obviously from decompression sickness, isn't it? So it's where you come up when you're diving yeah, yeah. too quickly. So if you if you have then oxygenated blood or, or if you've got air pressure in your blood, then it helps you to repressurize so you get stuck in a... Yeah. In so that's, that's kind of a, a riff on the whole, the bends, wow. iron lung. Yeah. I did my diving course, it was called Open Water One, and did a dive in the Indian Ocean near Durban in nice. South Africa in a place called Aliwal Shoal, 
and there are ragged tooth sharks that swim around that area during a certain season i think it's spring when they all come there because there's a sardine run and they they catch loads of fish oh, wow. and went did a dive and i came up too quickly and as a precaution they gave me oxygen afterwards and for that qualification we had to do a theory test and learn about the bends and what it is and the concentrations of oxygen in your blood or whatever i don't remember yeah. the detail no, I. I wish i could um, <clears throat> but that's that's interesting and they couldn't find a well they found an iron lung but it just wouldn't make a nice picture <laughs> so they took a photo of this of and i'm holding doll. the cover up to you now that recessed doll and what they found was that they could take a better picture of it when it was played through a TV monitor. So the picture was put up on a TV monitor and they took the photo I've always the TV it, monitor. I've always thought it had that kind of like TV effect, but I didn't realise it was actually just a photograph that they'd taken of the TV. It's cool, isn't it? That's cool. It's yeah. really lovely. Well, it's a very iconic album cover, I think. But maybe that's just because I like it so much and it's something that I think of a lot. But It's beautiful. And the, the track listing on the back, I've only noticed this today after how many years has this been now? 95 till 2005 would have been. This is my maths kicking yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to leave this one to you. Uh, so 95 to 2005 is 10, to 2015 is 20. Yeah, so it's uh, 20, 16 years. 26 years, is it? 26 years. 26. This is embarrassing. So, let's <laughs> so it's been out a long time, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I haven't noticed this until now. The track listing at the back, it goes one, Planet Telex, two, The Bends, three, High and Dry, four, Fake Plastic Trees. I don't know why I'm going through all of these, no, but no, it no, might I'm be quite nice. I'm liking it. Okay. Five, Bones, six, Nice Dream in brackets. Then there's a gap for side B. Yeah. And it starts at one again. Yes. One, Just, two, My Own Lung, three, Bulletproof, I Wish I Was, four, Black Stars, five, Sulk, six, Street Spirit, Fade Away. Tracks like Sulk, Black Star, I wouldn't know what they are, but when I hear them, I know. Oh, see, Sulk is one of my favourite songs off this album. Let's go then. But I have funny story. I I uh, I, I live with a guy, Tim, like, who doesn't mind me saying this, um, at uni, who the first time, I remember him telling me this really funny story about when he heard this, the song Sulk, he thought it was sore. He's like, sometimes, you know, sometimes you sore. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> no, it's sometimes you sulk, yeah. He was most disappointed when he realised that you've got the lyrics wrong. Uh, but, uh, which, so it's interesting because you've got it on vinyl. So imagine, like, what's the stronger side for you? The A side or the B side? Or side like, one or side two? Well, I don't, like, I don't like to do that with albums. And usually you expect side two to be weaker. However, if you look at an album like a whole like reading a book or looking at a painting, it should all contribute to a bigger picture, bigger feeling. And this is why I think they've numbered them as one to six and then one to six because they don't want it to look like one side's more important than the other. And that's replicated on the insert sleeve where the record goes in, it goes inside a folder and they've got all the lyrics there and some lovely sketches by Stanley Donwood. And the songs aren't in order, they're scattered all over, so you can't yeah. follow them, they're not numbered. That's, that's beautiful, let's have a look at that. 
But to answer your question, Chris, it's going to have to be side B because I love Street Spirit, Fade Out. I love Maya and Lung. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard to, to say. Which side do you like? I, yeah, tough one. Let's have a look. Uh, I think... Yeah, it's a t- I, I, I do love... The thing is, I love fake plastic trees. I think that's a great, great song. And I love... And I think High and Dry is a great song as well. But I think, yeah, I think I think I would agree. I think second side two edges it out just just has got such a good music video have you ever seen the video for just where like everyone's just like it's like lying on the ground and and they kind of lean down and they whisper into the ear and then everyone who listens kind of starts lying on the ground oh, it's just oh, so they're, they're in a city on the yeah yeah, yeah. and they're, and they're in the skyscraper at the top and oh, yeah it's so good but yeah so i i think yeah I think you're right side two but it's amazing isn't it like when I look back at this album and I listen to you know later Radiohead stuff they are um, they've come a long way <laughs> yeah like they've evolved they, like and it's quite I don't think bands like Radiohead this maybe makes me sound quite old I don't think bands like Radiohead exist anymore or I don't think they have the opportunity to exist anymore because of the way the music industry is and how it's all changed mm-hmm. with streaming. So, like, I guess bands from that era that have been successful and had that longevity is, and that are like clearly really fascinating from a musical perspective, mm. you know they're able to kind of evolve their sound and they're able to play with you know different ideas so like you can see that from where they went after this so okay computer like where they went the stuff that they did in that was was so different than you've got you know your kid a and and the albums and uh it was in rainbow and and uh like this is where i'm getting back because do you know what my later knowledge of radiohead albums gets a bit fuzzy because i always forget the names of the albums but that's probably because that's where it moves into the digital age and you start having I stopped owning like I'm not like you I don't I don't collect the albums as much anymore I'm a, I'm a Spotify man these days so you yeah. don't I think that's which is a real shame because you lose all of this you know this beautiful stuff like yeah. the artwork and the like tactile this, yeah the tactile of it, part of it the ritual of putting a record onto the player or putting a CD and even and a record and a cassette even more so when you you're listening and you have to turn it over and you know you're on side B it was um there's something um there was something quite special about buying something and not hearing it until you got home or you got where you were going yeah. and you could listen to it 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 was like a a ritualistic thing so like for me it was i guess you know, yeah, I remember getting, I bought what, Technics Hi-Fi when I was, I don't know, 14. So for me, this this would have been, yeah, it would have been putting it on that in my bedroom and listening to it on that. And yeah, you lose the, all of that ritual aspect of mm. buying music and consuming music because, and the act of listening to it because you can, you have to physically get the thing and put it into the thing and press play. Yeah. Now it's just like, yeah, scroll through my phone or ask a bloody 
speaker in the corner of the room to play some music for me. And you don't sit through a full album, it's very rare to do that, although I do it, and I do it even more now that I'm doing this season of the podcast where we're talking about albums, and it gives me a wonderful opportunity to take that piece of work and go through it properly, listen to it properly. I've listened to this a few times prior to doing this episode, and I've managed to listen through fully a couple of times and then other times I've managed to get through about three tracks and then I've got to do something else but it's nice yeah (laughs) it's nice to take an evening and sit down and that's your activity you're going to listen to that album but interesting you said about there's not bands like this anymore and I remember someone quoted it and said there's no big bands anymore I can't remember who it was but I've typed it into Google here I said why aren't there any big bands anymore and this is on reddit i'm not sure how reliable that is i don't know anything about reddit you'd know more i'll read it anyway it says it seems as big rock bands such as aerosmith acdc motley Crue, kiss guns and roses led zeppelin among others are just waiting to die out this is all about guns and roses debut album was the last rock album to really blast the billboard charts and break through many different musical taste barriers and many people Oh, I was hoping it would say why, and I think I think well. This is my theory. Sorry, that 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 didn't really help. I think it's because there's so much out there now, and so many different ways to listen and access music. Yeah. You know, we knew when an album was going to be released, and everyone knew it. And you'd have to go buy a physical copy of it. Yeah. You couldn't get a pirate download here and there. Or and yeah. I think there's so many subgenres that it makes it more diluted but that's not that's not stopping us from finding something we love or a song we love and thinking i'd love to hear what album that's from and see how it fits in with that feeling and this is why i struggle with greatest hits compilations sometimes especially if the band haven't compiled it because they tend to pick songs from different periods and different times different places it's the big hits usually I mean it is usually the hits and that's the problem you lose all the other songs in the context that they were within that's exactly it but they're great fun the greatest hits I'm not a snob or anything I'll listen to any music but I like seeing how that particular song fits in with the others and you were saying earlier that we had fake plastic trees and I left you a voice message just out of the blue, I thought, suddenly thought, I've got to share this with Chris. Well, I'm, I'm looking all over for this record. I don't know where I put it. I have where it. Where is it? Oh, there I... it is. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been hiding it from okay, you. So you, I'll give you the lyrics on this record so you can look at them. And we, we're going to try and sing it. And you don't, you don't need to if you don't want to, but I love it so much. And I sang a line from there. He used to do surgery. For girls in the 80s But gravity always wins She wears me out She wears me out It sounds like a, a cat screaming it's a t- it's, Do you know what? They're tough songs to sing It's a really high pitch So let's He's... try it <clears throat> you, you got fake plastic trees at the top And I've got it I've taken a photo of the lyrics on my phone so I can look at them too. Can you see? Do you want to swap? You use my phone. I might need, a, I might need an extra light. Hang on a second. Let me. I'll uh, get a torch. I don't want to change the ambience. <laughs> the mood lighting. 
Oh, I've got green plastic watering can here. You've got green plastic watering can. Yeah, that's a, that's the, that's the opening line. Is that the song we're singing? Yeah. A oh. green plastic watering can for a fake Chinese rubber plant in the fake plastic <laughs> that she bought from a rubber man in a town full of rubber plants to get rid of itself and it wears her out it wears her out it wears around one more it wears around she lives with a broken man a crack polystyrene man who just crumbles and burns he used to do surgery on girls in the 80s but gravity always wins and it wears him out it wears him out it wears him out very good I love that <laughs> that line Chris I can't believe I chose that when I, I was standing by the canal I was with some colleagues having a drink in the punter along the Oxford Canal and I hadn't seen them in a year and the food arrived and I decided not to eat because I've had a tooth extraction Oof. and I've got a false tooth in the front it's my front tooth you've seen the gap it's sexy thank you <laughs> and my friend Greg I sent him a photo of the gap and he said funny Warren you pull it off and I was yeah. like well cheers thanks you know what, you know what? I was about to say exactly the same thing really like, yeah if anyone <laughs> if anyone can pull like tooth loss it's you oh man that means a lot thank you very much I'll, I'll whip out the false tooth yeah, yeah. but I struggle with certain letters when I talk when that tooth is out and I was standing by the river because I, I decided not to eat because when I eat, I have to take the tooth out. I showed all my colleagues the gap. I said, look, this is the situation. I'm not going to eat. I'm not worried about how it looks. But when I eat, the food gets stuck and I need an interdental like, yeah, brush yeah. to get to the, the titanium peg. And yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I just, I'm not equipped. I just don't want to do that right now. Yeah, yeah so yeah. go ahead and eat and I'll have a drink and I'll sit here. And I, I nipped off to the loo and I went and stood by the canal and suddenly that line came in my head. He used to do surgery on girls in the 80s. And then I stopped and I thought, I hope Chris replies with the next line. <laughs> and you and did. I did. And it, it gave me goosebumps all over when I played it. I thought, oh my God, he sounds lovely. And just to pick that up and have that connection. And this yeah. is the album we're talking about. And you sang, but gravity, gravity always wins. wins. Yeah. Gravity always wins. Gravity always wins. It does, yeah. doesn't it? It's drawing us down into it's the just, earth. I mean, that is the thing. Like, I mean, let's, I don't want to get too deep and philosophical about, you know, it all some of the lines in some of the songs on this album 
are just profound like they're just oh. really clever and and it's just and it's like when I was 15 and listening to this album for the first time I liked it because I loved the sounds and I loved like all of the expressiveness and the feelings that it made me feel and as I've gotten older I love it because like I'm like wow fucking hell I, I don't think I was I'm not that profound now and you know Tom York had 20 years on me then you know writing these songs or um, Johnny Greenwood or, or I think it's Johnny Greenwood who wrote that one but um, um, yeah it's just yeah it's just amazing like how it's it's still it still has that impact it still has that kind of meaning like yeah. there's still something there that you kind of listen to every time I listen to it now I get something new it's still relevant yeah yeah where did I, you get that from and Roger and I were talking about Bob Dylan's Empire Burlesque last yeah. week good album and it's magic and he and looking at the words that Bob Dylan wrote and I'm always drawn in by that and thinking where did that come from where did you lift that from did you tap away at the universe and pull these words down and they fell on your page something happened yeah and they were meant to be there I mean I'm sure I'm sure there's a story I'm, I'm like you know I'm not gonna lie unlike you I've done zero research <laughs> about any of the album or the songs I'm not sure if my research has paid off that's fine well I'm, I'm, I'm loving maybe you've got the uh, you know the information about the artwork which was fascinating and I, I didn't know yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I had never realised all that stuff but um, yeah no but I, I don't I don't know this for a fact but I'm you know when you listen to these things you think to yourself I wonder if they had a, like when you listen to Fake Tra Plastic Trees it's like it's telling a story isn't it it's kind of like you know who is that person have they have they met that individual have they met that person who's you know bought that fake plastic tree and yeah. in some nasty plastic surgery place you know where some surgeons doing you know boob jobs and and you know and that's it's like who is that person what is that story mm. i mean i'm fascinated i don't i'm sure i could find out if i really wanted to i'm sure there's someone out there that could tell me the origin of the story but um in some ways i don't really want to know because i like the story that i've given it more yeah and i think that is totally legitimate and totally allowed and i can imagine no band member or true artist would mind if you put your interpretation on it i don't think tom york or colin greenwood or uh Johnny Greenwood. I'm going to say their surnames now, so we all know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brendan. So, so, so we all uh, know that you just know them, but you don't know know them. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know, I was going to say Brendan O'Brien, but it's Ed O'Brien and Phil Selway. Yeah. And I don't think any of them would ever have a problem with that, your interpretation. And I don't. What I, was, I just remember now. What I was going to say is I don't think any of them have ever explained a song outright and fully and said this is what it means. Yeah. And when Bob Dylan's asked about his lyrics, he gives them, as Rog said last week, short shrift, which I quite liked. Yeah, yeah. And there, there is really no need, isn't it? Is there? You know, you got you got to put your own interpretation on it, and there's no rules. Well, I think I think there's. I mean, I guess there's different ways of writing songs in different ways. I mean, I guess it's it's like anything artistic, isn't it? Like. I'm sure there's there's processes that people go through to to do things. So I'm, I'm sure, like you know, with 
Bruce Springsteen, for example, is somebody I imagine, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think I remember this from somewhere, that he's someone that does have more of a storytelling kind of way of writing a song rather than it being based around other things. Um, I don't know what I'm saying. Actually. Yeah, no, that, that's that's really valid because he writes he he writes about the working person mm. and everyday things that he's not necessarily been involved in. He, yeah, he didn't do that blue collar work and all of that kind of stuff. Radiohead is more ethereal, 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 slightly. I mean, yeah, I guess. We, but it's fascinating, isn't it? Looking at the progression of the lyrics of the songs. Right, mm. so if you look at kind of like, I guess Creep from Pablo Honey, which is the first album where they've kind of you know, it's very much that kind of story of that guy who's, you know, the nervous guy in the corner or the person in the corner and unable to make that connection, and they're a creep, they're a weirdo. It's telling mm. a story. It feels like it's a more of a storytelling narrative. And again, that kind of carries on a little bit into the bends, and then you go into OK Computer, it starts getting a bit like, OK, this is a bit different, and it's changing, and then, you know, you go into kind of Kid A, and you get like... Amnesiac. Amnesiac, and, you know, those albums where, you know, like, you've got kind of like... I love Idiotech from um, Kid A, and, and that's just mm -hmm. like got that kind of dancey kind of vibe to it, mm. and it's like, I don't know what this... I don't know, what I don't know where they've gone with it now, like... It's you know you've got Ice Age coming, Ice mm. Age coming, and all of that sort of thing. Women like, and children first, then children first. Yeah, but like so, it's still kind of telling a story, but it's kind of like on some next level. Yeah. Yeah, it is a next. It is a next level thing. How about you know? I don't think we'll ever come to an end with this and I always have trouble saying goodbye and trouble leaving when I've got guests around and you know this. I start preparing in advance for my departure because I've got so many things together, so many thoughts to, to draw in. And I, I feel like I'm closing this episode with reluctance because I'm sure we could talk we could for talk, ages. We talk for ages. And we are going to talk for ages because I'll turn off this microphone and we'll we talk will some talk. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe it's a good time now, unless there's anything else you want to talk about this album, you you sh surely go ahead. Is it, it's like any other business in a meeting. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like we're on a Zoom call. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to formalise it like yeah, this. Can but... I, I'm going to put my hand up for emoji. Uh, no, no, I think, do you know what? It's been lovely. I've loved, um, I've loved talking about this album. It's... It is a great album, and I would say, like, if there is anyone who's listening to this who's never listened to it, I'd say, well, have you been living under a rock? And if you've never listened to oh it... Oh, my God, could you imagine if you've never listened to oh, this album? In you, some ways, in some ways, I wish I hadn't listened yes, to it so that I could yes, listen to yes, it now. Yes, yes, You can give this to someone who hasn't listened. I'd love to speak to that person after they've had a proper, relaxing I guess, I guess event. We've got our kids. Yes. This is this is the thing. I guess like I could play. I don't think I've ever played this album to my children. Uh, so maybe tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up nice and early, get the speaker out, and just blare it out. Nice Do it and loud. Because my kids won't sit down for an album listening session at all. I always have music on in the background, and this evening 
I was making myself a bowl of porridge for dinner because I didn't have dinner at the pub. I came in and thought I'll have yeah. a bowl of porridge and I had that on the cooker and I was doing that and I put the record on and Joe and Ralph and Anya arrived home and I had this playing. Nice. And it's just nice that it needs no introduction. It's just there and, and if it's going to sink in and have some meaning, I think it will. And I think if you play enough music in the house, for me, think eventually they're going to settle on so. something lovely i hope so i think you know my daughter's getting to an age now where she's got some questionable music tastes <laughs> like, a, lot of, a lot of like really bad pop sub-genres um yeah she's probably listening i mean this is probably i don't know if this is appropriate for the podcast but she listens to some music where i think to myself I find myself becoming more conservative like it's kind of like I don't really want my, my daughter listening to a song which has got like so many double meanings or entendres but the radio feels it's appropriate to play and I, I feel like I'm like that that kind of Mary Whitehouse you know crawling up the BBC going are you playing these songs? Who's Mary Whitehouse for people oh who don't know? Oh my goodness her? yeah Mary Whitehouse so Mary Whitehouse was a woman uh, so this is me not really showing my age because she was before my time really but like she was a woman who led a crusade against kind of TV and an indecency like you know in the media so it was kind of which led to a kind of it led to a uh, a kind of a comedy sketch show program on the BBC called the Mary Whitehouse experience in the 90s which I grew up with again during this time um, but she was yeah she was she was a woman who was um, very outspoken and against anything immoral on on TV or radio and yeah that's 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 who Mary Whitehouse was. So I feel like I'm, I'm channeling my inner Mary Whitehouse <laughs> when, when I'm sat there listening to like some stuff on radio these days. And going, Fucking, that's that's that's. I'm not sure that's appropriate. Like you know, it's like yeah, well, Radio One has deemed it appropriate at nine o'clock in the morning, so I should let my daughter listen to it. But it's funny, isn't it? Like getting old, getting old, and getting boring. <laughs> Play the bins loud and see what happens. Yes. Nice. See if they latch onto any of it. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I feel like I've taken on stuff that I listened to as a kid around my parents. Not so much my mum, because I don't really remember my mum particularly playing music. But I remember my dad. My dad loved singing, and he loved listening to music. And he was a big fan of kind of um, like Americana. So a lot of um, Tom Petty. Uh, Is that a so, new comment? Probably pre that, so I'm thinking kind of more like the Eagles oh, and yeah. Bread. So maybe more Americana country-ish kind of music. Yeah. So the Eagles, um, Bread, uh, you know, Neil Young, kind of a lot of that sort of music um, I grew up around. Blondie was a mm. band that I grew up with. Um, he liked a lot of female singers, like Kate Bush and stuff like that. So, yeah. And I've I, and I love that music still. I still kind of it still takes me back again, very much like this mm. album. It still takes me back to kind of being a kid and listening to com music with my dad in the car and yeah. you know on car journeys you'd be listening to stuff, and he would always be like, "No, I'm listening to my music. I'm driving. I listen to what <laughs> I want to listen to." Um, and I feel like I should adopt a very similar attitude with my kids, but it doesn't seem to work. Oh no. It's because uh, they've got access to it in all sorts of other forms. Uh, you were the keeper of that cassette, and when it went into the cassette player, that's what everyone listened to. Yeah. 
but 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 again it comes back to that conversation we were having earlier about flexibility and where you listen to music and how you listen to music and how you engage with music it's just so accessible mm. like so it is it is a good thing but at the same time it's it's had it has had an impact on how you listen to music an album i guess coming back to your point about is there anything else that we should talk about i think the one thing i would say is i feel like the the album has been lost because of how we consume music these days and listen to it mm. we listen to songs we don't necessarily listen to albums as a whole um and like the whole thing around playlists and and shuffles and all that sort of thing it's ruined what an album was and i think if you're going to listen to this album the one thing i would say is just listen to it start to finish don't shuffle listen to it in the order in which it was meant to be listened to it's a great album makes a big difference if you listen in the correct order because they flow especially mm. with this album like if you were to listen to them in different orders it would just feel weird it, make it has that beginning to end flow and it's really special let's end with the final song yes street spirit fade out i've got a little chicken shake i'm not sure how to use it but i'll try rows of houses all bearing down on me i can feel their blue hands touching me all these things in all positions all these things will one day take control and fade out again and fade out <laughs> Winding back the time clock We'll open up the strong box What's in your shed? What's in your shed? Pictures and treasures and the books that we read What's in your shed? What's in your shed?